Well, over the last several weeks, uh, we've been looking at God's plan to transform us in seven key areas of our, of our lives. Can you remember what those seven key areas were? Yeah. <laughs> Was that 9.30 again? We've got a problem here. Righto, seven key areas. The first one was spiritual health. The second one was physical health. Next one was mental health, emotional health, relational health, financial health. And today we conclude our series by talking about vocational health. I want to make sure I got that right because someone said vacational health. I said, well, that was you. It was a few. No, it's not vacational, it's vocational health. We need to talk about that. So the message this morning is transformed in my vocational health. I wonder what God's got to say to us about that. Let's, let's pray because we need him to uh, open our eyes and our hearts to his word. Loving Father, we thank you already for the precious time we've enjoyed in being able to meet together to just, Lord, we pray this has been the case for all of us, just to put away the things that we've been involved in during the week and be able to just lift up our eyes and focus on you. It's not always easy to do that, Lord, but we believe you want us to do that, just to lay aside our cares, our worries, to put them aside, give them over to you and just gaze upon you just for a few moments in a concentrated way, I guess, Lord. But we need to be keeping our eyes fixed on you all the time and know that. But just bless us, we pray, as we open your word, that you would open our eyes and our hearts that we might receive from you. In Jesus' name, amen. So what was your favourite Olympic moment over the past couple of weeks or so? As you've been glued to the TV, maybe some of you have, not all of us, but what was your favourite Olympic moment? Well, I suppose if we had time, we'd get a lot of answers there, but I'll tell you one, and I can't even tell you the, the actual event, but I know it was a women's track event. You may have seen this. Uh, one of the women's track event, one of the ladies actually stumbled and fell. Did you see that? And then someone came back and actually picked her up, helped her up to her feet. I just thought that was fantastic. I don't know whether that made the most wonderful or, or the, the favourite Olympic moments, but it was for me a very special thing to see that. Beautiful. And there's certainly there's been no shortage of, of commentary and opinions by all the media and all the sports commentators, good and bad, that are over there and, and so on and so forth, just sort of filling us all with their words. And, uh, but I've got to tell you, there was one comment uh, that really did catch my attention and caused me to turn the volume up on the radio as I was driving last week. And it was, uh, it was a comment made by Madonna King, who happened to be a guest in someone else's talkback radio program. And Madonna King made this, uh, this comment. She, she was actually speaking about the Campbell sisters and, uh, and how she was so impressed by their attitudes and, and by their characters that were clearly displayed in, in both their wins and in their losses as well. And, uh, and, and Madonna King, was, uh, she was, she'd mentioned that she'd heard that both Kate and Bronte, the two girls, that their mother... Um, had raised her daughters to understand, and this is what she said, to understand that it was more important about who you are than what you do. Isn't that amazing? This is what impressed Madonna King. Um, and uh, look, I don't know a lot about the family. I don't know whether they are a Christian family or not, uh, but certainly both Kate and Bronte 
uh, usually attend the evening service of the Ashgrove Baptist Church where we have members of our family attending that church. Both the girls go to this church, apparently, to the evening service. So, I guess in other words, character for this family was much more important than career. And, and, and that, happens to be, that happens to be one of the points, uh, the, the third point actually in Rick Warren's uh, session that he does on vocational health. That, um, that career, sorry, that character is, is a lot more important than career. I want to unpack that a little bit more in a minute. But I want you to notice something. If you've got your Bibles there, I want you to turn to John chapter 1. Because I want you to notice something that's just really touched me and it was, I just think this is fantastic. Um, that right at the start, right at the start of the Lord Jesus' earthly ministry, um, when he chose his first disciples... He based it on this, on this actual principle that we're talking about. More concerned about their character than their career. Uh, for example, I love John's account uh, of Jesus choosing his disciples. <coughs> Excuse me. What I want you to do is look at what he says to them. Really look at what Jesus says to these disciples. In particular, Peter and Nathaniel. So look at these words, soak in these words this morning from John 1, chapter, John chapter 1, verse 41 to 42. It says this, The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. Verse 42, And he brought him to Jesus. Look at this. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon son of John you'll be called Cephas which when translated is Peter do you notice those words have a look down to verse 47 out of 48 when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching he said of him he is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit how do you know me Nathanael asked Jesus answered I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Something about the words that Jesus said. Did you pick that up? Because the point that I want to make is I want us to see, I want us to see that when Jesus looks at us, he doesn't just look like we look at each other. When Jesus looks, he really looks and he really sees all that there is to see about you. Isn't that amazing? We look at each other and we only see the outside. But when Jesus, the Son of God, looks at you, he really sees you. He sees you. He knows you. And as demonstrated with, with Peter and Nathaniel, as I've just been saying, Jesus looks more at who we are and who we will be more than what we do vocationally did you get that when jesus looks at you and me he looks at who we are and who we can become or will become more than what we do vocationally i want to keep the balance here because if you're starting to think well does that mean that you know that god's not really interested in my vocation if you're thinking that, well, I've got to say to you, have the wrong thinking. And I want to say more about that in a minute. 
However, however, we still need to ask ourselves in the context of spending eternity with Christ, what goes with me into eternity? My character or my career? So again, I, the third point that uh, Rick Warren has in this transformed workbook, if you're working through that workbook, then you'll have these answers today. So the third point that he makes for followers of Christ is that I must concentrate on building my character. I must concentrate on building my character more than building my career. Some of you might be struggling with this because career to you is basically everything. I just trust that you might be listening to what God's saying about that and have it in its right context and keep things in their right balance here. That God wants us to concentrate on building more of our character than our career. And for those reasons already outlined, as I've shared with you, and I won't necessarily need to say any more about that, I just want you to think about that and look at those words that Jesus said to Peter and Nathaniel. I just think they're powerful words. Now let's look at the, let's look at the other six now of the, the seven biblical attitudes for a healthy work life. That's what I want to look at, is seven biblical attitudes for a healthy work life. We've already looked at one of those. All right, I hope I'm not confusing you. So I've looked at the third one. I'm going back to the first now. This is the first one. The first one says this, that I must start working enthusiastically. That I must start working enthusiastically wherever I am. Wherever I am. And, and what it means is that applies right now. I don't know what job you're doing. I don't know what job you're in right now. But whatever you're doing, if you're a believer in Christ this morning... God wants you to be working enthusiastically in that job. Not just saying, well, I'm going to put up with this until I find that dream job, until I get that promotion, and, or until I find that other, you know, that other job that I've been really looking forward to, and at the moment I just got to kind of, you know, just, just get in, let's do it. That's not the attitude that God wants you to have. And if you've got that, then you need to check yourself about that. Because God, I believe, for your witness and your testimony in the workplace right where you are now, God wants you to be doing things enthusiastically for him, not just putting up with it. And, uh, and, and it's right now, it's right where you are. That's what the Lord wants for you because he says this. Look at this. Colossians 3.23. Colossians 3.23. If you're making notes, look at this. Whatever you do, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Whatever you're doing, work at it with all your heart. I think that speaks about enthusiasm, don't you? Holy Spirit generated enthusiasm is what he wants you to do because you're working for him. And that's another point later, but let me just keep going with this for a minute. And this is such an important, critical position to have as a believer in Christ. By the way, isn't it fantastic to be able to work with enthusiastic people? Aren't they fun to be around? Don't you think? When it's genuine, authentic enthusiasm, not someone putting on an act, but when it is genuine, enthusiastic people, they energise you, they inspire you. Grumblers tend to bring you down. Grumblers will drain you. Grumblers have got a problem. They need the Lord Jesus. But enthusiastic people who are filled and energised with the Spirit, they are 
they're good people to be around. They'll energise you. They'll refresh you. They'll inspire you. And so the, so the first point that I want to make here is that we need to start working enthusiastically. And at folks, it means right where you are, doing that job right now. Maybe God's got something for you down the track. But right now, you be faithful and you honour him with what you're doing right now. And there's three other considerations I want to mention briefly about this particular point in working enthusiastically right where you are. I want to mention them fairly quickly because there's a bit to get through. Three little sub-points for that. This is the first one. This job that you have now, this thing that you're doing right now is a test from God. See it as a test from God. Have a look at that parable again from Luke 16, verses 10 and 12. It says this, Whoever can be trusted with the very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with the very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? See, at the moment, it's worldly wealth. It's going to fade and pass away. We're talking about true riches which are in heaven. The things of God. And then it goes on and says this. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, he'll give you property of your own. See, it's a test from God. Are you being faithful with what he's given you? Are we trustworthy in the eyes of God? Because he'll test us with the jobs that he gives us along the way. Secondly, God is watching we know he's watching. He's everywhere. He knows everything. He sees all. He knows us. He's watching what we do. He's watching the way we do it. He sees our attitude. He knows all of that. 2 Timothy 2.15. Just drop that down. I don't want to talk about it just yet. But leave that one there. 2 Timothy 2.15. But the question is, am I okay, Lord, with you seeing everything about me? They're good questions to ask. The next one, C. Third, my attitude determines my joy. My attitude determines my joy. Romans 12, 11 says this. Never be lacking in zeal. These are amazing words. Can you see these words that I'm seeing this morning? Did you see that? Never be lacking in zeal. Lord, there's times I am lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. This is what the Lord wants this is the transformation that he does in our hearts when we allow him to take full control over every department of our lives he'll transform that see a Christ transformed attitude equals true joy let him transform your attitude and it will equal true joy I mean you think about it isn't joy one of the fruit of the spirit Love, joy, peace, patience, and so we go. Let him transform your attitude. This leads to the second, the second point now of these seven biblical attitudes for a healthy work life, and that is this. I must understand who I'm really working for. And I think you've already picked that up from some of the scripture we've already read. I must understand who we are really working for. Who are we working for? 
If you think it's just the man who gives you the money at the end of the week and you know, puts the pay into your bank and stuff, well, you've got the wrong impression. And I think many of you would have that impression. But look, this is such a key attitude to have. It's an attitude that we need to cultivate. It's an attitude that we need to embrace to really understand who we're working for on planet Earth as a believer in Christ. In fact, what I'd say is, I'd even suggest that out of all the attitudes that we're talking about, uh, the one that we have uh, towards our vocational health, all of them actually, this, this particular one, I'm sorry, everything else hangs on this particular attitude. Listen to those words again. From Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Now listen to this. As working for the Lord, not for human masters. Verse 24. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Don't you think that makes a big difference in the job that you have? No matter how menial you may think that might be, no matter how unimportant you may think that you are doing this job, but hang on a minute, who are you doing the job for? It's not the foreman, it's not the manager, it's not the CEO, it's Jesus Christ that you're doing this for. It's him. And when you have that attitude, and it's a transformed attitude, folks, when you have that, it makes a huge difference as to how you do that job, don't you think? A person with a transformed attitude and has this perspective, you'll see a whole new meaning to any job that you do. Any job that would otherwise be just menial to you. It would it, it, be unimportant to you. It might even be demeaning to you. And by the way, it's not an attitude that we alone should have regarding our job. I believe it's an attitude that we should have towards others who are doing other jobs that we may not necessarily get all that excited about doing ourselves it's the same kind of attitude listen to what one author says another source that I found I, I like what this person says he says all work is holy if it is done for the Lord we can pray as we work we can glorify God as we work we can serve God as we serve our employers with dedication, enthusiasm and commitment to excellence. God will reward his good and faithful servants both in this life and in the life to come. And there is enormous joy, happiness and satisfaction in that. Don't you think? Can you say amen to that? Isn't that true? And I think what the Lord Jesus um, says in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 42 also is very relevant to what we're talking about right now. And he says this, beautiful words. He says, and if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you that that person will not, certainly not lose their reward. Even a cup of cold water given in the name of Jesus. He notices that. He sees that and he blesses that. This is who God is. It can transform her whole attitude about so many things. And look, here's a good tip. And I want to tell you, I practice myself, not all the time, but when God prompts me, I like to do this. The next time you see a person 
who's cleaning the floors or emptying the rubbish bins in the food courts of the shopping centres. You know when you might go and have a coffee and sit down and, and you'll see these people and they're walking around with brooms and mops and they're kind of picking up people's muck and mess and they'll empty the bins. What I want to suggest that you do, after you've had your coffee and everything, why don't you walk up that person and say, really appreciate what you're doing. Try that. Say to them, um, yeah, just say, you don't necessarily have an easy job, do you? I don't know what you say. I'd say some of those things. But say, look, thanks for what you're doing. It's not an easy job that you do. The point is, say something that affirms the person for what they're doing. A simple little word like that, you could make their day. Not as Clint Eastwood would make my day. <laughs> but you honestly, seriously... You could make such a difference to that person's day by genuinely saying, make eye contact with that person and say, thank you for what you do. We need people like you. Just something that God prompts you to do, but just think about that. And also just keep at the back of your mind, folks. It's not impossible for either you or I to one day be doing that same job. God humbled Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king. Look what he did. He can humble us. Have us mopping floors, sweeping. Yep, all right. As believers in Christ, it's important, so important for a healthy work life uh, to understand who I'm really working for, no matter what we do. Keep moving on. The next biblical attitude for a healthy work life, which is number four in this workbook, is this, that I must care about people that I work with. Care. Care. I must care about people that I work with. Look at Philippians 2, 3 and 5. 3 to 5. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And then I need to keep reading the next verse because I reckon it just sums it all up. Might as well just sit down after I've read this. Verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Or as another version says, your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ. Have a think about that for a minute. My attitude, Jesus, like yours? Oh, Lord, help. Help me. Because it's so far from yours. But the scriptures tell us that our attitude should be like his. And he'll make that possible. If we surrender it to him, let him transform it. And it may, it, may it be our daily prayer, Lord, help me. Please help me to have and to exhibit the same attitude that Christ has. Help me, Lord. An attitude for existence, an attitude for, for example, that says this. Paul, 1 Corinthians 16, 14, he says, do everything in love. Do everything in love. Lord, how do I do that? Help me. Do everything in love. The Amplified Version says this. Let everything you do be done in love. True love to God and man as inspired by God's love for us. Did you know that Jesus loves you this morning? 
Did you know that God loves you so passionately? Do you know that? Then go tell someone else the same thing because he loves them just as passionately as he loves you. And whatever you do, do it with that attitude in your life. Let him exhibit himself through you. It changes people's lives as it's changed yours. So I must care about people that I work with. And so can I ask you, how are you going in that area? How are you, how are you doing with that one? Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we cry out to God, Lord, we need your help. To have that same attitude, mindset that you have. Yep, and, and look, obviously we have to do the work. We do, there's work to be done and you've got to do it. We care for others, yep, but you've also got to do the work that you've been called to do. And you need to do it well. Do it well. However, I also believe that you need to prioritise your care for the workers themselves. Because it seems to me that that's what Jesus does. What he did, what he does today through his people. Fifthly, fifth biblical attitude for a healthy work life is that I must exceed what is expected of me. I must exceed what is expected of me. Message paraphrase of, of uh, Colossians 3.22 says this, Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters and don't just do the minimum. That will get you by. Do your best. Do your best. Remember the saying? Go the extra mile. Who said that? Have you said that recently yourself? Someone said it to you? Just go the extra mile. <laughs> Someone's laughing at me. Maybe that struck a chord. Go the extra mile. You see, it's what Jesus would do. And in fact, it's what he's told us that we ought to do. Matthew 5.41. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. It's a beautiful scripture. This scripture from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. When I read this, you know, go the extra mile, it reminded me of this scene. Um, it reminded the time when I... Uh, uh, it was on a, um, a PT run, a physical training program. One morning at Canunga, when I was a reserve army chaplain there, I was with a whole bunch of other guys from my unit, uh, of all age groups, of, of all fitness levels that we all were. And uh, we'd been on this run, big run, you know, 500 metres. <laughs> a bit more than that. It was a run. We were pretty... Uh, we were pretty stonker toward the end and, and, and I and, and me probably the, the most at the back, right at the back and, and of course the fit blokes, they had gone, they were probably several hundred kilometres toward the end of the run right in front of us, way down the track. They had finished their course. Do you know what they did? Do you know what they did after they did their run? They ran back to us and then they ran with us all the way back to the finishing line. Isn't that awesome? Excuse the pun, it was a very moving experience. It was. It was a very moving, touching time. That these couple of guys, there was a few of them, only a few, wouldn't be too many that do that. They really did go the extra mile to help their mates. What a fantastic lesson on attitude for us all in the workplace. It's a beautiful Aussie saying, I love it. Just, Give your mate a hand. Help your mates out. Number six. 
I must expand my skills with continual learning. I must, con- I must expand my skills with continual learning. This is also a very important, and I say, bi- biblical attitude to have towards vocational health in our, in our work life. Ecclesiastes 10.10, interesting ver- verse from Ecclesiastes. Chapter 10, verse 10. If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. So in other words, you might need to sharpen your axe. You know the saying, we don't need to work harder, we need to work smarter. Yeah, okay, maybe that works, but certainly sharpen your axe. And I believe that uh, what, I'm, what we're saying by that, I guess, is that we're that I believe that, that, that professional development in your particular area is, is of utmost importance. If you have the opportunity to develop yourself professionally in the work that you're doing, to advance your skill level, your knowledge level, you need to do that. I think it's being part of, of being enthusiastic in what you're doing. Give your full to it. Give your full heart to it. Um, and, and develop professionally. Grow in your skill level, in your knowledge levels. Believe that they are critical these uh, critical requirements as part of your vocational health. You know, for us as registered Baptist pastors in Queensland, all of us, all of us are required to complete what's called a personal military... De- military, here I got on my head. <laughs> maybe, this, maybe military should be... No. A personal ministry development plan. I hope I got that right, Daryl. Is that right? He's not sure. But it's designed, it's designed each year to expand our own knowledge and our skills as pastors. And as you can see, it doesn't always work. But it's designed to do that for us, even as pastors. And I think it's a fantastic program. Set your goals. Develop yourself. Don't just plateau out. You need to keep growing. All of us need to keep growing. Living things grow. God wants you to grow, not to plateau out, not to think, well, I can't do any more. No, if you're alive, if you're breathing, God wants you to keep growing. Listen to the scripture, 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Did you get that? But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Keep growing, develop, grow. Be good at what you do. The seventh biblical attitude for a healthy work life is this, that I must dedicate my work to be used for God's purposes. I must dedicate my work to be used for God's purposes. Proverbs 16.3 Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Commit to the Lord whatever you do. And he, he, he needs to. He's the only one that can really establish your plans. And isn't it true that as believers in Christ, we may commit many aspects of our lives to the Lord. I don't know, our finances. We, you know, obviously we commit our families to the Lord. We commit our marriages to the Lord. We need to do that. We commit our children to the Lord. And of course, it means that we must also commit and dedicate our jobs, our work, our professions to the Lord. Give it to him. So that we might, in whatever capacity, wherever God calls us to work, that we might, in that 
context. Be ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ in the workplace. That's why he's put you there. To shine his light, to be salt for him. Right where you are. I like what Rick Warren says about this. He calls it being marketplace missionaries. Isn't that true? Marketplace missionaries. You're a missionary right where you are, doing the job that you're doing. As I bring it to a close, each of us, each of us, need to not only have every dimension of our own lives surrendered to Christ. And look, I hope you got that today. Just trust there's no one sitting here and saying, well, Lord, you can have this, but sorry, you're not having this. Then you're robbing yourself. You give everything to God. Your whole attitude, everything belongs to him. Surrender your lives to him, to Christ, for his transforming work in us. That we might be also examples. That we might be the example. We might be the living message. Not just the spoken message as God gives us opportunities, but the living message that would bring God's good news of God's transforming power to every person that God directs across our path. Don't we want to see lives transformed as we ourselves have been transformed? Don't we want to see that happening to people that we love and care about? Including the people right there in our vocational work life. Let me close with a particular mission statement I've read somewhere. It says this, to work with God in transforming people into passionate followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you agree with that? Amen to that? Let's pray. Father, just thank you for your word to us today. Thank you for this message of transform, transformation. You tell us that we're to be transformed, Lord, by the renewing of our mind. Please renew our minds, O oh Lord. In fact, Lord, please renew everything about us. That we might be more like Jesus in every single dimension of our lives. It's interesting, Lord, how we read in the scriptures that uh, there were those who saw that these disciples had been with Jesus spent time with Jesus they recognized them as being those who had been with Jesus Lord may we in our work life in our professions in our vocations whatever we do please may we be people who are recognized as being those who have been with Jesus and who are with Jesus and Lord may you do your transforming work in us and may we be the instruments that you choose to use to do a transforming work in the people around us, right where you've planted us to be those marketplace missionaries. Jesus, glorify your name. Build your kingdom, Lord. Do glorious deeds for your name. Sharpen us to be instruments that are well used in your great and wonderful hands. And Lord, we'll give you all the glory and the praise that you alone are worthy of as you continue to use us. You continue to bless us with the privilege of being used as instruments of righteousness for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.